For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Matthew 12.40, the King James Bible. Wow! Yeah, welcome to Loathsome Things, a horror movie podcast. My name is John, and I am one of your co-hosts. The other co-host you heard briefly, his name is Josh. You'll be hearing much more of him in mere moments. Josh, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing quite well. Awesome pull on the uh, on the Jonah deal in Matthew. What are we doing here today? Well, todayeth we upon this great earth are uh, Elliot Goldnering, a film simultaneously known as The Final Prayer and The Borderlands, everywhere that's not America. I was going to say, of course, the U.S. has to go with a different name because we're too, well, I don't know, Borderlands is too stupid for us or something. I'm trying to figure that out. Like, does that have more meaning? Does the Borderlands, like, mean something? They're like, ah, oh, yes, you know, once you get closer to the outback of Scotland, or, like, is it is it something like that? I don't know. But Final Prayer also is a suck title. Not a great title. Uh, I mean, it does, it does fit in with the, the movie, and I know that uh, there was... I guess they had talked about having a couple different, they threw a different few different ideas around. And one of them was, I forget what it was, but it was like, you know, like devil murder or some like, like some, they were like, that's a little too obvious. And, and maybe just a little too, too duh. <laughs> like belly dumb. of the beast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, okay. I'm like, whatever guys. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. This movie was made by a group of people who, either have never made movies before, have never really done a lot of acting, who maybe have done any horror. I mean, this, it's a found footage movie. Um, it's based on, you know, like, or, or it's, it takes place in a Catholic church mainly. I mean, it, it's really set up to be a terrible film. Yeah. Um, it really has every reason to suck balls, but, um, it's actually pretty good, at least in my opinion. Um, yeah, and, and I'm going to argue with you that, like, it, it is a found footage film. But yeah. it, it's definitely in more genres than just that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yes, that's true. <laughs> it's That's awesome. true. But it's, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, you know, the acting is really good. Um, especially from, you know, like, the, the camera tech guy or whatever who really isn't an actor he's he's more an editor and a camera tech guy that's really what he does in in film more you know um and you know like the guy that plays father krellick i think it was he's not even really an actor at all and he did fine you know i mean he you know he did he was suitably weird and uh priestishly yeah and uh, you know it was uh and then if you if you look over goldner's credits i mean this is really the only feature film that he's made. He's done a bunch of like Teenage. horror, like super, yeah, like supernatural, like, you know, haunting in Ohio and all this like <laughs> horror Connecticut or whatever. The like, Lake Awinapasaki murders. <laughs> it's a, a lot of stuff set in, in like rural America, which I thought was weird. And then 
you know, and then he had some credits on some other British horror series, which was like, Ye old Demony or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I looked it up because I like even that, even his uh, his TV credits dried up around the pandemic. So I was like, well, what has this guy been up to? It looks like he's mostly making his bread by directing commercials now, and it seems like he's doing a good job of it. I guess I'm good for him. I don't I don't know. You'd think that somebody would have given him a shot if he was interested in making another movie, which makes you think maybe he didn't want to make another movie. Um, it's possible, yeah. Yeah, because this he is... he blew his wad on this one. Oh. I mean, what a wad to blow, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a delicious wad. Yeah. Man, what a creamy wad. Um, oh, I mean, I've got it all over me. There are the the actors in here aren't complete nobodies. There's Gordon Kennedy. He was um, mm-hmm. he played Little John on the BBC version of Robin Hood. Um, yes, yes. Uh, you've got uh, Patrick Godfrey, who's been in The Count of Monte Cristo and Ever After, A Room with a View, and Les Miserables. Um, yeah, Gilbert Gottfried is also. In the- <laughs> No, no, sorry. <laughs> so, so they're they're not complete nobodies, but they're you know that's true. They're definitely budget bodies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> correct. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Kennedy has uh, Gordon Kennedy uh, has done a ton of TV stuff. Um, he has a lot of TV credits. If you're a a TV person, you've probably you know, particularly if you're a fan of British TV, you've probably seen a lot of them. It's yeah. just you know whatever. They're all called like One House Tree and bunch of love heaven basket all those british you know third lane mystery and the deacon's revenge or i don't know yeah i don't king henry's clunge i don't don't, what is i don't know why i'm making up bad show titles today that's my thing it's great the dicker of vibley (laughs) dicker of vibley whoa Porno. Um, I know. <laughs> Robin Hill was in Kill List, which is cool. Uh, Kill List just got added yeah. to Shutter, by the way. If you guys have never seen Kill List, you need to watch Kill List. Nice. Yeah. He uh, he he was in it, and he was an editor on it. Yeah. So like he he's apparently big a big Ben Wheatley guy. He's also in Ben Wheatley's Meg Two: The Trench. I just, which really just, I mean, I haven't seen it, so maybe it's hilarious and wonderful, but I'm just going to go ahead and take a guess and say that this falls in the um, not as good category of Ben Wheatley films. <laughs> I just really want him to fit in the folk horror somehow in this. Like, yeah, it's the Meg, but the Meg found a field in England and ate a magic mushroom, and then he was like, hey, let's eat some boats. <laughs> Meg 2, Meg Barleycorn. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Buckled hat Meg. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I went to the sea and I ran across Maggie. <laughs> It's the Meg, but he has horrible sores on his genitals. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Hollywood, are you listening? Do it. Do that movie. Meg 3. <laughs> the Drench. <laughs> Meg 3. Trench pants. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> He's got the weeping trench. <laughs> 
<laughs> the weeping trench. <laughs> oh, take the clunge. Oh, man. Prong it up. <laughs> oh. So, when I, when I say budget actors, these guys all did a great job. And yeah. when I say these guys, I do mean... Um, it's just dudes. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. it's fine. It is a sausage festival. <laughs> yes, but uh, also uh, uh, Aiden McArdle, Aiden McArdle is in here as Mark. He's been in all sorts of stuff too. He was in Ella Enchanted, The Duchess, <laughs> multiple episodes of Sense Eight. That's how you know he's good, and uh, even an episode of Poirot. Oh, may we? Oh, David Suchet. <laughs> wow, but of course. <laughs> and so that's this movie. Yeah. yeah thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Um. So. So. Yeah. I guess as we go along, we're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna be pointing out all of the subgenres that this movie manages to squeeze itself into because it is alarming how the range that this movie is like like oh we're gonna do a, a found footage oh is it a a found footage ghost hunting okay that's cool mm-hmm. oh, oh it's not just found footage and ghost hunting it's also oh okay yeah oh, that makes sense oh wait oh okay <laughs> oh <laughs> it's kind of a buddy comedy oh yeah <laughs> If only they were cops. Oh, did David Gordon Green make this? <laughs> oh, yes. All right. Anything else we need to go over before we dive on in June? Um, no, I think, I think, yeah, no, I think we'll blather a little bit more later. So we'll, let's save the tale for the blather. Tale for the blather. That's my new 90s rock band. Oh, man. I've always been partial to their sophomore effort. all right there's a guy his name is gray he's in a house he's setting up camera equipment everywhere he's kind of a knob he's got uh uh, headset cameras he's putting cameras up in all of the corners so that it can record apparently him living in this house this is I actually started watching this movie a long time ago, and this scene put me off so hard that I stopped watching it. I was like, wow, I don't care about any of this. <laughs> um, then this guy named Deacon shows up. I skipped a whole bit, but we'll come back around to it. Uh, they they don't get along super great, but not terrible. We find out that the reason for all the cameras is that the church wants full accountability on, quote, this one and uh thus the cameras are there to to cover any gaps in the reporting um gray is not good with boundaries or courtesy and deacon is a drunk and kind of a downer um (laughs) debbie downer they after a while of waiting around and not doing anything and also not telling us the people watching the movie what this is even about they finally decide to go to quote the site which turns out to be ye old churchy and apparently is like they from the from the car drive the impression is since they go through several weather patterns on their way there it must be <laughs> it must be really far away <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. We even get a whole scene with them trying to find it on a map yeah. and talking about how you can't just dial it into a computer. Yeah, he's like, like oh. oh, Balcom. <laughs> yeah. Balcom. <laughs> that was a good scene. It's like, yes, it says ball. Yes, it's very funny. <laughs> I like that how there's one cut of him just sitting off to the side by himself, looking at the map and giggling. That's <laughs> so great. <laughs> Just every time there's a ball or cock on the map, he gives a little giggle. Like, yeah, nuts worthy. <laughs> <laughs> Cock's ball. <laughs> Cuntington. <laughs> uh, uh, so they go to the church. Apparently they were supposed to wait for some guy named Mark who is late and hasn't shown up and hasn't told them why. They get to the church Father Krellick is there. He's giving a uh, rousing speech to all two parishioners talking about how it's not good to not believe in miracles or whatever. Uh, then once he's done, he takes them to show them where, quote, it happened. Mm. And by showing them where it happened, it means showing them a video of it happening, <laughs> which we're only treated to part of. Yeah. Um, there is a video. It shows Krellick performing a christening on a baby. Then spooky nonsense starts to happen as the baby starts crying. Krellick's nose starts to bleed. And then he looks off screen and says, Father! As like a bunch of stuff starts fumbling around on the table. He then, after the video, Gray is like, Wow, isn't that neat? And Deacon's like, It's a load of rubbish. And, um... <laughs> They Krellick hands over the church church records. He's taken aback that they don't believe in his miracle. Uh, then they start to set up cameras all around the church. Uh, later at a bar or something, Deacon explains how hoaxes work to Gray because Gray's all like, "Well, did you see that video? It was crazy! All that miracle going on." And he's like, "Look, it's total bullshit." All miracles are bu bullshit. Nothing's actually a miracle. You're bullshit. What the fuck is wrong with you? Also, there's a weird thing about how Gray isn't a believer, but Deacon is. But, like, Gray's the one that's like, hey, is, maybe it's a miracle. And Deacon's like, no, it's not a miracle. <laughs> and um, he talks about a case where there had been stigmata occurring, but it turned out that it was just the girl's mother was cutting her hands and feet every day, and then the girl died of septicemia, and then told uh, uh, Deacon that now she can, he can make her daughter be a saint, and it's like, wow, that really sucks. Um, and then finally, Mark shows up. He's little. He's bossy. He's like a terrible John Oliver. Um uh, <laughs> He's talking to Deacon like Deacon's not great at stuff, but then he's also giving instructions to Gray. Gray's kind of like on the fence about things because now there's a whole power dynamic. He tells Gray, all you need to remember is who's in charge. Yeah, he's a he's a, he's a smarmy douche. And that was his role. I thought it was interesting that they uh, they, you know, they because they were allowed to improvise or encouraged to improvise. And so he the actor playing Mark improvised being funny <laughs> they were like no no you're you're not funny you're just an asshole <laughs> <Damn> <laughs> so they uh the, the the guys have gone out and got themselves uh, some delicious fish and chips and they're oh god <laughs> it's so gross looking too it's the most 
beige, just like off-white fish and chips. It's so British. It's like wrapped in you know shitty paper. <laughs> just it's just wrapped in paper. <laughs> so they're sitting there. They're gonna eat their fish and chips, and there's some. They hear some noise outside. There's, um, you know, they they earlier when they when they show up to the house, they see some local kids kids local kids. kids in their hoodies kind of lurking around the corner going the kids you know like british kids talk like that and then um yeah you know and you kind of get the impression that oh yeah these kids are gonna show up later and so now they hear something outside and they're like did you hear that no it's fine don't worry about it and then whoosh <laughs> they run they run run outside deacon runs outside uh Puts the fire out, which is, as it turns out, a sheep. And uh, he whips his knife out and kills it. A little mercy killing there. And uh, Gray is freaking the fuck out, which is, you know, a normal reaction. Yeah. Uh, yes. And uh, they, 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 someone comments that it was probably, I think Deacon says that it was probably the, the kids that did this. Uh, because, you know, that's what kids like to do. Just to prank people. They, they yeah. torch a fucking sheep. <laughs> it's like... Wow. <sighs> I mean, when in Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty rough. Um, anyways, uh, so now it's, it's we're at the church now, and it's, it's, uh, it's at nighttime. Uh, the church is doing its thing, which is basically making these weird, creaky, rumbly, like, and like all these weird, weird noises, which are pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> uh, Krellick is, is there by himself. He's, He's walking around with a flashlight, which is, you know, has, even though it's like super bright, apparently it's just so dark in the church that the flashlight only lights what's directly in front of it. Um, (laughs) So anyways, he's investigating. Uh, He goes up to the altar. He's praying. Uh, We see from the camera views of the camera set up that there's like a glitching thing, which is always the sign that something supernatural is going to happen. Then we hear, yeah, we hear, in the distance, a baby crying sound. <laughs> so we're like, okay, so that's great. Um, <clears throat> back at the house, uh, Deacon and, and uh, Gray, they can't sleep. Uh, Gray comes into the where the table is, kind of in the kitchen area. Deacon's already sitting there drinking, I believe. And... Uh, yeah. He can't he can't sleep, so I think he makes tea or some shit, and they're sitting there. Uh, Deacon, it turns out, is reading this journal from a collection of stuff that they got from the the from Krellick. Uh, it's a journal from a priest who uh, I forget his name. It's like Minotaur or something like that. <laughs> yep, that's the one. <laughs> that's him. Father Minotaur. Um, who was a guy that had worked at this orphanage a long time ago, um, who opened an orphanage in the area, and also, obviously, operated the church. Um, they talk about the guys, got all this weird stuff in the journal, and, you know, great. And then the subject goes over to Mark, the douche. They talk about him for a while because he's a douche. And then um, how he's like a stiff, you know, he's just stiff and kind of, you know, humorless and, you know, which he is. Um, yeah. And then uh, we, we click back to the church. It's now daytime. Uh, Mark... Mark is there. He's talking to Krellick. He's like chatting him up and, uh, you know, gets full access to the church. Uh, they get, at some point they get keys to the castle. Uh, Mark goes in and he's, he's examining the altar. He's looking for signs of trickery. 
and then now the gang is there with him. Gray is just kind of jabbering away, you know, just kind of his nervous chatter. Um, in the meantime, uh, Deacon, he of course believes that the whole thing is faked and that the idea was he wanted to try to, the priest wanted to try to bring attention to the, like his, you know, his, his motives were good. He wanted to draw people to the church because it would have this, you know, scary story about it or whatever, which is kind of a weird reason to, or weird way to draw people like, Oh, I want people to come to the church. I'll tell them there's something evil in it. But, you know, <laughs> I guess people that probably would work actually. Um, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So they're looking around there. Now they're all searching for signs of meddling. Uh, we see that the camera view glitches again. We hear those rum, uh, it, Gray does a stupid jump scare prank on Deacon, like jumps up and I got you. <laughs> it was really annoying. Um, outside Gray is on his t- cell phone. He's he's kind of walked away from the church and he's talking to someone on his cell phone, which I, I'm guessing is someone at the, you know, working for the for the church, for the Catholic Church, uh, someone at the Vatican or whatever the hell, because he's, you know, he's he's like, no, well, I mean, no, it's all right. No, I mean. Yeah, no, the the bonus is very generous. No, it's not that. It's just, you know, just... And then Deacon comes walking up and he's like, I gotta go. Women, right? <laughs> and Deacon's like, I wouldn't know. <laughs> Which... Yeah. It is weird, yeah. It's just this weird exposition device where he's, like, talking to someone about why he's not happy with yeah. the situation. But we never, like... It's like yeah, you're trying to lend... Strange. Vatican Veritas to the story or something. I don't know. <laughs> hey, oh. Did you? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, by the way, at the very, very beginning of the movie, there's like a one minute scene in a church in, supposed to be a church in Brazil, in Belém, Brazil, which uh, has supposedly had had some sort of incident and Deacon had gone there to investigate. But he doesn't, he doesn't tell everybody about this, apparently. So anyways, yeah. like there's that there's that whole scene and it's like they they just jump over it so fast that if you don't watch the movie more than once, you kind of forget that it even happened. You know, like Yeah. Like where you started your you know, when you started summarizing that that kind of feels like it it's like, yeah, it's 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 as if that scene really didn't even happen at all. Oh, it's weird. Yeah, because even in the scene, his part in it is so small. Most of the scene is are these supposedly Brazilian uh, uh, police officers uncovering microphones from like where they're taped and hidden behind stones and under tables and stuff. And then there's just like a split second of it, and it's him, and he's in the corner, and he's like, "Yeah, that that guy's he's in intensive care, and the rest of them all disappeared. What do I do?" And and by the time we're reintroduced to that character, we don't even like I didn't even remember that that was him. It was only after multiple watches that I was like, oh, yeah, this has anything to do with the movie. Yeah, they use it as like this kind of this kind of one of the central, you know, conceits of the movie. But ultimately, it, it, I don't know, we'll we'll get to that part, but it's because it, they yeah. talk about it. But it was just I don't know. It was weird. I don't know. I, I guess when he was talking on the phone, it reminded me of that for some reason. I have no idea why. My brain isn't functioning properly. And, uh, great. So, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <clears throat> uh, so, his camera glitches and phone his phone disconnects as, you know, 
when Deacon walks up, so it's like, okay, I guess what, you know, whatever. The demon doesn't want him talking on the phone to some nobody. Great. So yeah. uh, instead he rolls himself a cigarette in the cemetery outside of the church. He sees a gravestone for somebody named Gray Parker, and he makes some yeah. smart-ass joke, you know, and then uh, he's having an existential moment. And uh, back in the church, Mark and Deacon are searching around, trying to find the source of these weird sounds. Then we go back outside to Gray, once again, who is hearing some strange sounds coming from, I guess it's like a mausoleum, like a lichen-covered mausoleum. Uh, everything in England is covered in lichen, in case you're wondering. Yeah. Um, so then he hears, and turns around, and there's a gigantic like pit bull or whatever, and he screams bloody murder, and... You know, Deacon and Mark come running out, and uh, Gray's laying on his ass on the ground, and the dog's gone, and we're, you know, it's like, did it even happen? I guess is probably, like, I guess that's the implication? I don't really know. It's a little ham-fisted. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, sometimes this movie gets a little dissonant. I think that was supposed to tie into, at the beginning of the movie, there's this whole thing where they see a dog kill like a bunny oh, or yeah, something at right. the top of a hill. That's right. And then, but even in this moment, it's weird because we hear him scream, but then whenever they actually get to him with the cameras, he's acting like, yeah, fuck, I just got some dirt on my shirt. And he's not freaked out at all. And, and there's lots of stuff like that that happens throughout it. Even that scene right before the dogs are around the dogs, there's this thing with, they find this loose, like, cassette tape, mm -hmm. like the tape from inside a cassette. And he's like, oh, why do people do this? He's like, oh, yeah, well, what they do is they, like, record spells and then wrap the tape around things as protection. And that seems like, oh, cool. I can't wait until we explore that more. Nope. It goes nowhere. I, I guess, Yeah, you know, maybe those are, you know, those are kind of like riffs on ideas that, you know, you see in other movies where they'll have, like, exposition, like, you know, they'll shoot some kind of scene or put some kind of element in there just to kind of beef up the story. And that's that's the intention here, but it was, you know, it's just so, it's a little too subtle for it to really, you know. Uh, this is a movie that rewards repeat viewings, but also doesn't feel like you should watch it more than once. It's weird. Um, yeah. It, you know, because it's not super exciting. And it has a big reveal, and so watching it again is pretty, you know, you, you already know the situation, so I don't know, whatever. Anyway, who cares? Um, <laughs> Mark, meanwhile, back at the church, has found something in the wall, and then there's a huge glitch on the computers, and uh, suddenly we hear this like, <laughs> and then the camera goes out. Uh, Deacon and Gray find Mark. He's passed out against the wall. He's with his eyes open. Um, he's got blood coming out of his nose, I think, at this point. Um, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look good. Um, so they're back at the house. Mark is still dazed. He's on the couch. And he's got like a washcloth over his face or something. He refuses to see a doctor. Um, Gray's giving him a hard time, kind of like, you know, dude, come on. I mean, you need to see a fucking doctor. What the hell happened? And Mark's like, you know, I'm a dick. I don't do normal people things. And so instead he says, I'm going to go to bed and write my report first or whatever. Great. So Deacon and Gray uh, stay up and they drink um, because all the provisions that Deacon has purchased for the for this trip is alcohol. <laughs> yeah. So they're drinking and uh, they're talking about religion, God, and you know, uh, Gray says, you know, well he's not really a believer necessarily, but he does believe that there's something. Um, he 
he, but he, you know, and he's kind of like, you know, but don't you, didn't you feel like there was some sort of a presence in the church? And Deacon's like, well, it is a church. And he's like, yeah, it's not really the presence I was talking about, but you know, um, he brings up the, the incident in Brazil. Um, and Deacon tells him that, yeah, the church had, you know, wanted to investigate the Lourdes shrine shrine and, uh, that a bunch of people, there was this huge queue of sick people that were lining up to, to get healed because apparently there was some healing going on. That them mm-hmm. them was getting healing. Uh, he says something about how the you know, people said that they saw God, and all these crazy reports came in, and then suddenly Father Rinaldi, who was the priest at the Belém Catholic Church, vanished. Uh, the Vatican freaked the fuck out, sent a crew out there. Uh, a bunch of bodies show up in the jungle days later of all the all the church folk, all the priestly folk. Um, they're all dead, and they have, as it turns out, uh, dimethyltryptamine, tryptamine in their blood system, DMT, as in like ayahuasca. So the theory is that you know they uncovered the scammers in the church, and the scammers drugged them with ayahuasca and murdered them in the jungle it's a little strange yeah um but then he deacon says also maybe they really just saw god which makes no sense um yeah and then <laughs> and then you know and then he's like gray's like oh my god <laughs> and deacon does a stupid <sighs> coin through the beer bottle trick <sighs> and then says <sighs> don't believe everything you see gray and then goes back to bed um <clears throat> yeah He's like, how did he do that? Uh, at the church, it's night times. You know, back at the church, same night. Uh, Krellick is in the church. He's praying, kneeling at the altar. We hear it's pitch dark. We hear baby, the baby cry. The camera glitching. <laughs> the rumbling, creaking shit starts moving. Um, you know, it's it's all the shit that's been happening before, like times several hundred. Um, Door slamming, church bells go off, stuff starts flying. Krellick freaks the fuck out. Uh, then we're back at the house, and uh, Deacon is reading from the journal, and uh, he reads about the something. He's reading about how something lies beneath the the former priest that was there from you know way back. That something lies beneath the church, and how uh, you know now now I understand the orphanage. And uh, they don't know what the hell he's talking about. But uh, yeah. Deacon suspects that Krellick wants them to read the journal but because there's some reason. But he doesn't know what that reason is. As in, you know, like Krellick just added that. I, again, it's like you asked him for the church records. He gave you the church records, which you would assume would include <laughs> the journal from the priest who used to work there. Okay. Seems reasonable. Yeah, but, but no, there's probably an ulterior motive. Um, <clears throat> great. So, <laughs> Mark is still out in bed the next morning, and uh, they go in to check on him. He's still out, you know, like, just, is, he's, like, sleeping with his hand up. <laughs> he's got blood, like, on the pillow next to his ear, and they, they wake him, and he's like, ah, and they just decide to let him sleep it off. So, yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah. And with that, that priest journal, I think it was, it was, he was talking about how God called him to make the orphanage, mm-hmm. to build the orphanage. Mm-hmm. And that, like, part of it was he was like, and now I think I understand why God called me to make the orphanage. I think it's like, Armitage? Is that 
Is that his name? That's like it's or like is that it might just, no, it's like Mandeville or something like that. Oh yeah, I think Armitage is probably like a Lovecraft thing or something. Oh, could be. I don't. It, know. This is quite yeah. Lovecrafty. It's a bit Lovecraft-esque. Yeah, a touch. Yeah. Um, so then, because there's been all sorts of hearing and stuff, they 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 hear stuff. Uh, they end up. He has special uh, special radios. They're they're direction sensitive frequency radio microphones. So if you set them up in different places, you'll be able to pinpoint where the sounds are coming from. Uh, and so they do that. They hear scraping and spooky voices moving around seemingly inside the walls. So they check all the walls again. No, there's still nothing in the walls. Uh, they hear a child crying. Uh, Mark is better now. Uh, he shows up and he says they're likely just picking up a signal from a baby monitor. There are big rumbly noises. Uh, it knocks the crucifix off the table again, just like in the video. But then they spot Krellick skulking about outside. Um, so Mark chases after Krellick. The, the, the two of them are inside. They keep hearing the baby crying, but then they realize that they've switched off the machine. So where is this sound of a baby crying coming from? That's pretty. That's pretty good. I liked it. I, I mean, that that was pretty good. But wasn't the whole point that the microphones are possibly picking up a recording of the baby sound? So just because they turned the machine off wouldn't stop the actual baby sound. It would because it would be coming out of some speaker somewhere. Right? That's true, but they can't detect a speaker, John. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, Mark follows Krellick up to the roof. Krellick is dismayed, and he's like, "Do you believe in my miracle?" And and Mark's like, "No, fuck you. Your miracle is a scam." And he's like, "But if it isn't a miracle, then..." And then he jumps off the roof to his death. They they get back to where he's landed and he's all like broken and jiggling on the on the ground and we're like oh we're gonna get like some sort of cool final word out of him but then just no oh okay that was a good scene <laughs> he farts and dies yeah uh and then over drinks gray and deacon uh discuss the the pagans and uh uh gray's talking about like all right, now, say you've got a thing that's real and a thing what isn't real. I'm going to bet on the thing that's real, innit? Um, and they get all this until finally the, the people at the bar make them leave uh, because, you know, the deacon, or because uh, Krellick died and he was a good person and they know his mom. Um, and so then, I don't know, deacon is walking home alone at night he starts to spot spooky business happening in the woods. He follows it. It's that like mausoleum or whatever. There's he's there's just fucking stone ruins, and he spots a hole into the stone ruins that reveals a hole deeper into the stone ruins. And I thought that the, he was at the church at that point, and then like in a couple shots later, he's climbing over the fence to get into the church compound. Like, yeah, I. I guess this is this. I guess they want you to think this whole area is covered in weird 
I didn't get it. I mean, I and and whenever we see him climbing, uh, like over the fence into the church, it is like the church is up, so this would be at a lower elevation. So I think this is part of the crazy church basement room. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's is. true. But then it's like, why do they they have to climb over this fence to get into the church? But earlier we see the the priest in there with parishioners. Like, what do they all have to climb over the fence too? I mean, if there's an actual formal entrance. Why don't these fucking clowns go that way? Yeah, they they don't like going at things the normal way because that way is how they fool you, you see. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he's like spotting. That's right. He's like spotting Mark out in the... He thinks you'll see Mark for like a frame or two and then... Uh, not Mark, sorry. Father Krellick. He'll be like, yeah. Krellick? And then he's gone. <laughs> yeah. So he, he... It's just a whole bunch of the really unlovely version of of uh, found footage movies where you're like eh, what's over there eh, what's over there and like you were talking about where there's a spotlight but it only hits the one spot and doesn't illuminate anything around it um and then he like yeah he spots him again he he heads over to a place and then he just finds Krellick's white vestments on the ground and he like lifts it up and under it's just worms there's just yeah. a pile of worms and the dirt. There's worms and dirt inside the vestments. And he's like, ew, gross. And then he runs off to the church. Yeah, it's re- it's so, it, yeah, that, that part is so weird because he's <laughs> he's seen, well, he sees what he thinks is Krellick. It looks like Krellick. And so, but at the same time, he's supposed to, I think this is kind of the turning point where he's starting to suspect there's more actually going on but he's still telling himself that it's a hoax. So when yeah. he finds the vestments, you know, and there's like blood and the worms, he's kind of like, oh, you guys. Like he's kind of <laughs> got that. He's like, oh, what the fuck? But then that's probably just a prank. Yeah, probably those damn kids. Also, leaving. I wanted to point out, sorry. that no. when they're When they're in the pub, I love how they go to the pub and it's like, the, like Krellick has just died. He just jumped to his fucking death. Yeah. And so now these guys are sitting in the pub, and it's like business as usual in the pub. You never see any police or any ambulance or something. And you don't need to see that, but they should at least imply that it had some sort of impact. And, you know, these guys are just talking about God or whatever, and then Deacon's like, oh, can we get some drinks over here? And the guy's like, we're closed. He's like, it's yeah. 9 p.m. And he's like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, We don't want yeah, your I- kind or whatever. It is strange, yeah. Th- this movie does have a hard time with like maintaining tone and and having like all of the pieces make sense. Uh, uh, for example, like at the very beginning when they when uh, Deacon and Gray first meet, he's like, "You want a drink, mate?" And now we know that Deacon is like a pure alcoholic. But in that scene, he's like, "No, why don't you go clear off my bed and I'll make us some tea." And, like, for the rest of the movie, that's obviously not what he would do. He would obviously be like, yes, please, beer me now. Pour that tea down your own pants. Yeah. <laughs> he's got, or he's more fond of wine, but we saw him, he bought, like, individual bottles of, like, Corona or something. I don't know what that was. Probably some dumb, like, British apple cider. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so he uh, he goes into the church. It's nighttime. You know, found footage movie. He hears yeah. whispers, more baby cries, more of the creaking and, and the groaning. There's 
plastic sheets everywhere for no good reason we never get a reason why there's plastic sheets but man do they ever so slightly move in a gentle breeze you know why those plastic sheets are there because that church that they found in real life was being renovated oh nice It, it had been in disuse for many many years and they decided that you know they got the funding to restore the church and so they were in the process of restoration when these guys found the place and got the approval to shoot to shoot there and i guess they thought yeah that's gonna look really creepy and it does but they don't explain why it's there yeah why are these renovation curtains up in an actively used church i mean there's like there's like graffiti sprayed on the pews and stuff and they just leave it there you know yeah it's fine. We'll make a movie out of it. Yeah. Um, so so then, so he's in the church. It's night. The sounds are coming from everywhere. He realizes, oh, wait, no, maybe the sounds are coming from this spooky basement. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he starts heading down the basement, and the sounds get even worse, and it starts overpowering him. And then he hears some other voice saying something from his dark past, repeated from nowhere that could know it but his own mind. And so he runs home and makes a phone call in Latin while either Mark or Gray, it's hard to tell, is just sitting in his wife beater at the kitchen table, <laughs> being quiet in the darkness. That's right. Yeah, he he yeah, he op- he finds this the source of like some of the pounding or whatever or the noise or something is this weird bookshelf that's like built into the wall and crammed in every possible inch of with books. And yeah. He, he so he rips all the books out of there and tears the shelves out and he finds this doorway and that's this little spiral staircase and there's like a partial uh, skeleton like on the side over there and he hears what what he assumes is Krellick's voice and Krellick's like his eyes. Frazetti's eyes. And it's like, okay. And he's freaked out because of this, beyond just the fact that he heard that. There's obviously this means something to him, so we find out about that later. But great. Um, so the the Mark is deciding that he wants to just call this whole thing off because, I mean, clearly it's just a hoax. Um, which also is dumb. It's like, yeah, that that's a common thread in, like, possession movies and stuff, too, where, you know, the... The Catholic Church, they they want to investigate these things, but it's kind of like they want to investigate them so that they can identify them and sweep them under the rug. And that's kind of the implication here, it seems, or at least that's what Mark wants to do. Um, Mark is, because is, he's kind of of the mindset that, you know, if Satan came out and gave you a BJ, it was still a hoax. Yeah. Um, so they might as well just wrap it up, even though they're on their way to the airport to pick up Father Calvino, who... Uh, has some sort of history with Deacon, and Mark obviously thinks he's like some kind of crank. Yeah, uh, they even reference Dan Brown in here. Like, they, <laughs> they do a lot of, of Da Vinci Code business. That's right. Uh, so they pick up, you know, and they're like, hey, it's a good Deacon, it's a good to see you. And they, they <laughs> load him up in the car, and they're heading back, and uh, Deacon's telling him, you know, like, just kind of giving him the rundown and uh, including the part about Krellick's voice, talking about Frazetti's eyes. And it turns out that Frazetti was uh, uh, one of the dudes in Bel Aim uh, no. who cut his own eyes out. 
because he was so freaked out, even though Mark is still blaming the deaths of all the the, the seven guys. I think it was seven. Um, yeah. He's still blaming it on the scammers, uh, except that, you know, Frizzetti cut his own eyes out, but that's fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, now Gray, Gray is starting to get freaked out. So he's like, you know, he wants to quit because he's scared, basically. He gives some bullshit answer, but it's because he's scared. Uh, Calvino tells them that this, this site where the church was built is actually an ancient site that uh, was revered by pagans and that they they worshipped some sort of deity at this specific site, that this was like the seat of this deity or whatever. Uh, yeah. The Christians just refer to it as the Antichrist, as one do. And, yeah. uh, you know, and then when they're done, they lower the rug and put the little broom away. So... Um, <laughs> They get to the church. It's all foggy and creepy, suitably creepy. Uh, Gray is now pissed off at Deacon because Deacon lied about the fact that he was actually at the Belém incident in Brazil where the seven priests died. The thing is, who fucking cares if he was there or not? I mean, I guess it, I, I mean, I guess it would matter to, I don't know why it would matter to Gray. Why would it matter to Gray? Because he got his little feelies hurt. I get, yeah, and I guess he's mad because. Obviously, in Deacon's mind, something happened that he couldn't couldn't explain. But the the reason, according to Mark, that that Deacon didn't tell Gray about, that he was there is because Deacon feels guilty about what happened. Because instead of being there in the church, getting DMT'd and murdered out in the jungle with the rest of them, he was out getting drunk. What an asshole! Yeah. <laughs> what, <laughs> how dare you not get murdered with the seven priests? I don't. It's weird. yeah. Yeah, Mar- and 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 he gets or uh, uh, Gray gets like really been out of shape about it. He's just like, oh, you. He like talks about like friendship. He was like, you know what friendships are based on, and Deacon's like, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> They're not even really. Fu- uh, these are these these are. That's another weakness in the film is that even though there is character development in this, they they rely a little too heavily on assumptions such as that they're friends it's like they're not really friends i mean they're friendly-ish sort of more probably more so when they're drinking but that's fine yeah. whatever yeah so calvino uh he's getting ready to do his freaky ritual which is not even in latin it's it's not even some sanctioned you know catholic or if it is it's it's very very much kept under wraps so he's got this giant pagan symbol which represents the deity that he's like carved into the floor basically and he starts going into his his thing and i forget what language it's in i don't even know if i knew but it's it's not latin um and then the guys start bickering while that's going on like mark's like it's not even that's not even latin and, yeah. and they're like they're like arguing and stuff in the meantime calvino is and uh that's it's weird. because this movie goes from being a a found footage ghost hunting movie to now it's becoming an exorcism found footage movie. Yeah, that's and true. It's like, oh, we're we're shifting over. That's fun. That's true. And and I mean, again, though, like there should be some gravity when this dude flies in. Like he he has a private plane drop him off in the middle of fucking nowhere, and yeah. these guys come out to meet him, and he's just kind of like. 
Uh, you know, so it's it's like this thing with a pagan god and it's probably the devil. It's fine. It's fine. I'm just here for to do the devil. <laughs> it's so weird. You so, want one of my pre-roll cigarette? <laughs> Mark is like, he's completely cranked. He's like pissed off. It's yeah. it's a whole thing. Um, then Calvino does some actual Latin prayer. And as soon as he does that, there's like super glitching. Like the camera goes ape shit. Stuff moving, lights are flickering on and off, and eventually they go out screaming, you know, sounds of things bashing and stuff. Uh, afterwards, when, you know, the guys, like, they find Mark. Mark's, like, passed out. Um, ears bleeding now. He's, yeah. you know, look, looks real bad. Uh, Gray is completely panicking, like, just like a little bitch. Uh, <laughs> Calvino's gone. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's... Uh, they they start branch, branching off to try and find uh, Calvino, I guess. I don't know. And then suddenly, uh, Gray, Gray is just by himself. Like, it, it, he's just by himself. The church isn't that big, so it's kind yeah. of like, how did he not notice, you know, Mark and Deacon just vanish? But he didn't. And so, I guess he hears something down the spiral staircase. So he enters the spiral staircase and starts heading down there. Uh, by himself, completely panicking, like just out of his mind, like whimpering, panicking. Um, <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. He's like hyperventilating yeah. <laughs> and stuff, and he gets down there and he's like, and then he does. It's one of those jump scares where you know he's got a flashlight or whatever. It's like his phone flashlight. I can't remember. And he, of course, he runs into Deacon, but it's one of those. Like, suddenly Deacon's just there in his face. So he gets scared. And then Deacon's like, you need to calm down. You know, you, Jesus Christ, you fucking idiot. Calm down. <laughs> um, you know, everything's fine. Let's just go deeper into these catacombs and try and find uh, the boys. Uh, there's blood on the floor. We he They find Calvino's jewelry on the floor. More blood. More glitching. Uh, it's, it's getting bad. Uh Deacon is now kind of in full denial mode. Like, he's the guy that has to keep this together. He's trying to search for Deacon and Mark. I mean, for Calvino and Mark. Uh, but I think he's pretty much 100% certain that something really bad is happening. Yeah. Um, so, he, you know, but he, he he doesn't... Last thing he wants to do is get Gray more, any more alarmed than he is because he's already out of his mind. So they just keep going further in and they, they come across this little nook off to the side and there's these little kind of like square cages made out of sticks, which look very freshly made, but they have been there for a long time. <laughs> Somebody has scrawled on the on the wall. Obviously, like the father Minkawink, Markadork, has written some all this stuff yeah. on the wall. And, and, you know, one of the lines is, I have a new master now. Oh, Mandeville, I guess is what they call him. And uh, Yeah, that's right. That's looking real bad. And uh, then they find something that looks like like, kind of like a bowl with, like, circles carved in the bottom of it, which, you know, looks like some sort of altar. Um, then they hear Mark again. They start making chase. They come to a little area where there's, like, all these scribbles of, like, weird symbols and a devil-looking figure with it, like, pitchfork! <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I don't think he had a pitchfork. But anyways, definitely had horns and a tail. And, uh, you know, they're like, oh, my God, this is, this is fucked up, uh. Wow, this is really this is bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then it, it, 
Deacon puts two and two together and realizes that the uh, that those little cages were for the children in the orphanage, and that the orphanage was opened so that uh, Mendeville, who has now converted over to paganosity, is uh, feeding the children to some sort of presence that lives, apparently lives under the church. Great. Numbers. Let's go deeper. Let's go deeper <laughs> into the church. Yeah. So they keep going. Um, uh, Deacon spots Mark in like a little mini clearing up ahead. And Mark's just kind of standing there looking at them and then slowly turns and walks out of sight. And they're like, oh, we must go get Mark, who we don't even like. And so <laughs> they <laughs> they go deeper in. And like as the further they go, the cave's just getting tighter and tighter, basically. And which is pretty cool. It's it's nice kind of sense of claustrophobia, which apparently the actors were having a hard time with. Yikes. Um, then they reach like some, there's an area that's kind of like a bit of a clearing a little bit. So they're like, see, look, we can stand up. It's great. And then when they hear Calvino crying in the distance, which is pretty bad, you know, and it's, it's, they're like, oh, well, I mean, we must, we must go deeper. So <laughs> they, now they're like in a consistently tightening crawl. They're like in this, thing that looks like a shaft like a it looks like a the inside of a drainage pipe filled with mud basically yeah. um and it, it's got these red blotches kind of on the sides and uh gray says something about how it smells terrible and then he's like it's getting tighter it's it's moving and you can see the thing kind of like constricting and wobbling sort of uh the exit is now closed the way they came is now blocked off they're completely stuck um, and then you start to realize that uh, they're inside of a pagan deity, apparently, of some sort. The, the site where the church sits now and where the pagans had their, you know, uh, business going on is basically alive. It's a evil... I mean, well, yeah, you know, it's just pagan. Let's just say it's pagan, but yeah, <laughs> but um, needs needs child sacrifices to, um, you know, help probably make sure that their crops grow or whatever. Anyways, these guys are being eaten by it. Um, it turns out that uh, somewhere along the way, the tunnels and caves underneath this church have basically turned into the digestive system of some sort of pagan deity, which is. A pretty fucking awesome conceit. Hell yeah. And, like, the camera is going out. It, like, blacks out for a second, comes back in. They're screaming in agony, goes back out, back in. They're, like, their skin is turning goopy and, like, dissolving. Like, the thing is digesting them as they're alive. Mark's hand is all bleh. I mean, uh, Gray's hand is all bleh, bleh. They've got, like, goop, like, drooling, like, like, drooling out of their mouths. They're just screaming in agony. And then... At the very end, we hear uh, Deacon starts uh, giving a final prayer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, then the last thing you hear is Gray screaming, My God! My God! Movie <laughs> over. <laughs> yes. Yes. A wonderful ending. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was fantastic. Great. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't all make a whole lot of sense, but man, that ending really makes it worth it. It really does. It's because the the movie is so light on 
effects. It's just things that go bump in the night, basically. And it's it's heavy on atmosphere because of the location. The, the performances are very good. It obviously has some plot holes that we've touched on. Yeah. Um, but having said that, it flows well. It's funny. Uh, the the interaction between the relationship between Gray and Deacon is is fun. The addition of Mark is a good idea, even though he really is a total prick. Yeah. But it, I, I think he does serve the story. The Calvino thing is a good idea, too. I don't think it's handled that well. But, yeah, at, like it's like you said. Once they get down into the bowels underneath the church, it's not entirely, you know, obviously that, that stuff has been there since the pagan times. You know, that, that these tunnels are really old. And apparently they, they say at one point, well, we must be pretty far under the hill at this point. Yeah. Which would mesh up with that, that area that Deacon finds when he's walking back to the church in the dark. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's a little ham fisted, but, it, but at the same time, it's very effective and it, it really, I mean, it's, it's very creepy. I mean, if you were, if you were a religious person or somebody who believes very firmly in the supernatural, that would be pretty scary stuff. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, it, it does, it has a, a lot of good atmospheric things. I mean, it would probably also be more scary if you were a superstitious person in Great Britain, where they have, yeah. like, all the way down their old things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these guys, you know, in looking for places to make the, the movie, they apparently found this really cool-looking church that was at the edge of a cliff overlooking the sea, and they were like, oh, and they <laughs> They started the process of getting approval to film there, and they basically had it iced down, and then they went into the church to kind of take a look at it, and they were like, yeah, it's about the size, it's like five feet by ten feet inside, they said. It, was, <laughs> like, it looks really cool from a distance, but when you get inside there, it's like a, it's like a shoebox. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, it's not really going to work. <laughs> yeah, plus, Ennis men were already filming there. It wasn't yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> The Cornwall salt mines. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, so so yeah, at the end of this movie, it goes from just found footage ghosts to now uh, uh, possession and and uh, exorcism and then uh, folk horror very mm-hmm. quickly and then monster movie. Yay! Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep, yep. And I mean, we were merciless sometimes when we're like making fun of stuff but you know i think like i there somebody gave us a review one of three uh uh one of the two that are you know from people we didn't know and uh, (laughs) (laughs) um somebody was gracious enough to give us a really nice review and they had said something like you know to the effect of well i thought that these guys were just going to be smart asses and just slag everything um and then they, you know, they were like, well, I'm at, I was actually surprised to see that they, they really do take movies seriously, you know, and they do joke a lot. But I, fortunately for me, I don't find their, their voices annoying when they're laughing and, or, you right. know, something like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I thought was, I thought was kind of interesting, but uh, it was a nice, it was a nice review, whoever that was. Thank you. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, um, I don't know where I was going to go with this. I don't know. Anyways, I, th- I did appreciate that. I had a point, but I'll just say that thank the person. It's because we've been making fun of this movie, but also That's we it enjoyed is. it. Yeah. That's yeah. what it was. Because, yeah, there there are a lot of things wrong with this movie. Um, yeah. yeah. But it was really, 
was really held together by the acting. Like, mm-hmm. I believed them all the way through. Like, I yeah. didn't like the characters, but that's also a very common uh, conceit in found footage movies. Like, you mm-hmm. don't necessarily have to like the characters, and it sometimes helps if you want to see awesome, horrible things happen to them. Um, that's right. And, uh, and yeah, so the actors held this together, and the idea held it together. Like, the story wasn't great, the, the plot didn't hold the movie together. The actors did. And then the payoff was really good. The effects weren't... I mean, the effects were okay. I re- would have really liked to have seen more than I did. But, you know, mm-hmm. it, that's also a, a staple of found footage. Um, but, yeah, right at the end, it didn't make sense that, like... They're walking around in, in stone hallways with walls it doesn't make sense that they would like get down and shimmy into a hole but then again i think the idea is that it's fucking with their minds and and that's all part of it but yeah at a certain point they started like spelunking down a one human body circumference hole and at a certain point they crossed from rock and didn't notice the teeth and just went into something's mouth and swallowed themselves into it. Yeah, I thought that was yeah, I, I I totally agree with that. It's it's like what what is this site? Like why is it I mean somebody built this. It's not I keep saying caves, but they're not caves, they're man made. Yeah. Um you know, but but obviously ancient. And it's like where why are there these areas that are super tight like that? It doesn't really but it's like you said, I mean, maybe the, yeah, like their, their minds are being played with essentially. Like the whole purpose is to lure them down there, which I, I mean, I don't know. Why would the deity do that? Is it because it actually is evil? I mean, usually in folk horror, you know, it almost seems to side with the pagans, you know? So in that case, it would be eating them as a form of, because it's a sacrifice, but I guess it, it, if it's a pagan deity, it's probably not real happy to have a Catholic church sitting there. Um, yeah. Or and, it, it helped, it facilitated having the Catholic church put there so that it could eat Catholics. I guess it's that. Yeah. Yeah. It did. It got upset whenever he did the Latin prayer thing. That's true. Um, and it got all horny whenever the baby cried at the christening. It was like, ooh, yeah. Daddy like. <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah, the so so yeah, it, it had fooled that original priest into building an orphanage there. So it, it had been like infiltrating his mind to do that, and we even like saw in the in the journal that it was like, Oh, I, I see what's happening. Uh but I'm down with it now. Um one of the cool details that I liked uh is there are there like child skeletons all down in there. Whenever mm-hmm. they found all the cages, they also found just like piles of child skeletons. Well, yeah, yeah. Which means that that they're retrieving them. So it's just like digesting them, and I guess gurgling back up the bones. And 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 Mandeville was like, "All right, well, let me just go add these to the pile or whatever." So that means that at a certain point, they're gonna get spit up. But I don't know. It, it's fun. I enjoyed it. it it's you're, you're right. Like usually these types of movies would tend to side with the pagans, but I think this one's more in line with um, 
like uh uh what's the one we did uh the ritual where mm-hmm. it was that oh, awesome pagan deity uh and this one is is more like that also it reminded me of uh the taking of deborah logan with yeah. uh, this one had a better in idea payoff but not necessarily better in visual payoff as that one yeah that's true it did not become a meme yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's this is yeah we we've talked about movies where you know a lot of low budget movies are and a lot of movies that are made by not heavily accomplished directors are generally kind of like a a mishmash of stuff put together you know like different ideas just kind of flown together you know and then they just kind of hobble it together and make a movie out of it a lot of times that's you know that contributes to a total failure where it's just disjointed and you know, there might be a couple sections or scenes or ideas that are kind of cool, but altogether, it just it just doesn't add up very well. In in this movie, it's the same thing. It's just it's just a, I mean, that's what all movies are anyway. It's just a collection of scenes. But this one, like this, it's like these these kind of ideas that are kind of half baked and not so greatly executed, but ultimately they they do add up to something that's that's greater than the sum of its parts. Like it's you know it it. At least for me, I mean, like the, the overall feeling of, of this movie is that it, it's good, and like I would yeah. recommend it. Um, you know, like I like the idea at the end because it's audacious, and it's like, okay, this is kind of ridiculous, but they just kind of go for it, and yeah. I'm okay with it. And they they get away with not explaining a lot at times, you know. Whereas dumb movies won't explain a lot because they're so dumb. And they think they can get away with it by having set pieces. This movie, it does have a set piece, but it's not dumb. It just is thin of a way of describing it. But it works. You know, ultimately, for me, it works. Yeah, I I agree. I uh, I ended up giving it a, a three point eight out of five loathsome things. Like, I mean, the the story doesn't hold together well. It, it you pick up more on a second viewing than on a first one because you see the little things that they've sprinkled mm-hmm. along the way, like uh, the Gray Parker headstone where he's not paying attention and that's his own name on there. And then whenever he looks back, it's a actual mm-hmm. headstone again. Things like that. Things like the the beginning footage. Uh, there's all these little things like at a certain point the two of them are outside smoking a cigarette and the church bells ring and they're like oh that's weird that a church bell would ring at night it's a little mm-hmm. too late for that uh, so there, there's good little creepy things along the way uh, that really makes it enjoyable it, it'd be I'd be hard-pressed to really love this movie if I wasn't like determined to watch it for review mm-hmm. purposes just because like the payoff is all the way right. at the end and there's a lot that you have to slog Definitely. through to get there but ultimately it it built itself up it the the actors did a great job and and that that payoff is really good so yeah it's a 3.8 it it doesn't in my mind it doesn't get to a four it's not in that upper echelon but it is on the upper echelon of the tier just below yeah. it i mean i I did not get the exact same rating you did, which I often do, but um, I got a, yeah. I, put, I gave it a 3.7. And uh, nice. again, for basically, yeah, for basically the same reasons that you did. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, I I don't really have a whole lot to add to what you said. I mean, it, this, I'm sure there's people out there that, I'm sure this movie has its detractors, you know, like diehard movie fans who hate it. 
there's a lot of people who just hate found footage anyway, so that yeah. leaves a whole segment of the horror world out. Um, for people who just really, really love horror movies and, you know, will pretty much take any movie at face value and just kind of give it a shot, like us, <laughs> we'll give it a shot, you know? Um, yeah, I think I think you're going to... There's something to get out of this movie for sure. If, if these themes interest you at all and, uh, you know, if, this, if the subject matter is something that appeals to you, then yeah, I think it's definitely worth a watch. Um, it's not... I, I, I don't think it's going to go down as like an all-time classic, but having said that, I think it does deserve an audience and it, it definitely deserves a place in, you know, not just in, say, found footage or possession or, you know, any of those little subgenres. I think it just overall as a horror film, it definitely has its its place and should be seen. I enjoyed it. It, and it, it has, I will say, it has that sneaky folk horror-like yeah. quality that I, I think most people, if they were looking for folk horror films, they wouldn't pick this movie out of a stack of DVDs. Yeah. But it definitely deserves to be included in there. I remember when it came out here, or at least when it came out in video or whatever, I had read an article about it and I saw, you know, it was like on Bloody Disgusting or something, but I saw a picture from you know the, the front cover, which is, you know, the church in the shape of a cross, basically. Which, of course, the church isn't. But but it was kind of a striking image. Obviously, it looked kind of silly. And I, 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 I think my immediate reaction was, did they really shoot a church that looks like this? So then I read, I read about it, and it sounded... I remember it sounded interesting at the time. And, like, the reviewer was kind of surprised they, they were expecting it to be shit. And they were actually surprised to find that they enjoyed it. And it's been in, it had been sitting in the back of my mind ever since. And I just every once in a while I'd see it somewhere, like you know, and again like online, somebody talking about it or whatever. And I'm like, man, I need to watch that. And yeah. I just never got around to it. And then it, you know, it popped up, and I was like, I need. I watched it, and I was like, oh yeah, this is cool. This would actually be pretty good for the show. So, yeah, yeah, yeah that's how we got here. Yeah. And you were right. I enjoyed reviewing it. I enjoyed, you know, watching it through. The first time I watched it through, I wasn't paying attention. And then yeah. I was like, I was like, wait, what happened at the end? That was confusing. And then the second time I was like, oh, okay, good. And then, you know, a third time because I'm a weirdo. I expected it to be, um, to have a lot more of kind of the standard, like, you know, somebody with white eye, whited out eyes or yeah. somebody getting yoinked into the dark or whatever. And they had none of that shit. Like even even the shot that they put in the trailer, which is kind of wise and kind of weird at the same time, where you see Mark in the distance looking at Deacon through that little opening in the wall down yeah. into the church. And then he just turns, you know, that is very like, you know, haunting or possessed, whatever the Deborah Logan business, because... You know, just because of that whole cat and mouse business going on at the end of that movie. And I thought, just from that little placement of the actor there in that scene, that his eyes were doing the glowy thing. But I think he's wearing, his, it's a light reflecting off his glasses, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think so. But then in the end, yeah, he is he is clearly possessed. I mean, he's, or the, or he's not even there. They're, he's already been eaten, and the, the thing is making them think they see him just to lure them deeper into the... I mean, because they hear Krellick and they they hear Calvino, who's almost certainly been eaten. So, yeah, I guess it has like levitate. I don't know. I don't know what its power set is. Like, yeah. I don't know what actually happened to to Calvino. My guess is that he and Mark were both consumed by the thing, and that you know, I also my assumption is 
you know, yeah, there is probably an actual layout to this space under the church, but if you're down there being, you know, manipulated by this thing, then it can basically make you think, you know, like, haven't we been here before kind of thing? You know, like they don't do that, but they could have done, they could have easily done that little trope too. Um, yeah. That's what I appreciate about this movie is that it doesn't just use all the cheap shots. Like, you know, even though it, it's rehashing stuff probably that you've seen before, it that's more of a thematic thing. I mean, it doesn't use all the same scares and the payoff is certainly original. <laughs> yeah. So that's a, a 7.3 out of 10 loathsome things for the stomach monster under the church movie. Yes. <laughs> Which is good. It's a hearty recommend from us. Go out there and watch it. You can watch it for free or you can support, I don't know, the media conglomerate by paying for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And go watch Kill List because that movie smokes. Yeah, that movie's awesome. We will talk about that one day. But uh, yeah, watch it now so you can be ready. Yes. Speaking of watching things that aren't this movie, John, how has your week of not this movie been obviously i didn't have covid this week so i didn't nice. uh, i didn't spend my entire time watching horror movies because i was at work most of the time i yeah. watched a couple movies on shutter and because i've already canceled shutter and i it's i'm watching everything i can before it goes away um nice but uh that's what i do i i re you know sign up again watch everything i want to see and then cancel it uh, same yeah so i watched the crescent which uh, looked really cool. They just added it the other day. And it was about a woman and her young son and her, the father had just died recently. And they go to her mother's beach house, if I remember, to kind of get away for a while and have a vacation. But instead, she starts having like weird visions of almost like being haunted by maybe their people. or I don't know. It was okay. It wasn't terrible but it wasn't that great um so that was the crescent (laughs) nice (laughs) and then i watched uh elevator game the rebecca mckendry movie um she uh she made the uh, i can't remember the other one that was on hulu about the guy that's in the bathroom and there's like a demon in the stall at the end glorious Uh, glorious that movie is glorious it's a lot of fun uh elevator game sucks ass it's real bad yeah yeah i mean i like some of the color like the lighting the very like Argento-ish bright color usage. Some of the some of the camera work at times that didn't really matter very much was kind of interesting. But um, overall, the movie was it's just a teen like stupid urban legend. It's just garbage. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I that was how could you go from making Glorious, which is such a unique and and a great example of what you could do with no budget and then turn around and you actually have a little bit of a budget, not much. And you make this bucket of shit. Like it's just, (laughs) it's terrible. I I hated it. I don't know. Yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna pick that to be our first, uh, our first new movie Ah. in October to review. Uh, and then I watched it. I was like, "Oh, I don't, I don't want to spend an hour tearing Rebecca McKendry's movie apart." I think Rebecca McKendry is awesome, but I did not have a good time watching that movie. No, I like her a lot. I um, I used to listen to a podcast that she was one of the billion co-hosts on. Um, yeah, and I always, 
I always appreciated her. First of all, she was the only woman out of that group. And I liked her views a lot more than some of the other guys. I mean, she had strong views. They all did. Um, but she wasn't pushy about it like some of the other dudes. And then when I heard that she, you know, so I always thought, well, she's a cool lady. I know that she made, back then she would, she made films, but they were like short films and stuff. And she was always talking about making a feature film. And then all of a sudden Glorious came out and I was like, wow, this is actually really good. You know, like, yeah, I was fucking awesome. Trying to tell myself at first, I was like, you know, do I just like this because I like Rebecca McKendry? But no, the movie's great. Uh, and then I started watching this and I'm like, am I, am I still holding out hope because I like Rebecca <laughs> McKendry? Yes. And yes. wow, this movie sucks. Yeah. It, it was so predictable and dumb and had no logic and the acting was bad. And the effects were boring, and it was just—it yes. was just not a good movie. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and I hated—I hated all of the acting. Yeah, like it was—it was all like it, it's still a low budget movie. You can see the low budget, and so she she wasn't working with a lot. But man, all of the dialogue and. Like that, maybe that was the thing with Glorious is that there wasn't a lot of inter-character dialogue, and so. But in it's just every time any character was talking to another character in that movie, it was terrible. And I don't want to, I don't want to hate on the movie because I like Rebecca McKendry so much, but I did not have a good time watching all of that movie. Yeah, it it was unfortunate. Hopefully, she'll come through with whatever her next effort is. Uh, yeah, hopefully somebody will green light it and it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Because she's yeah. certainly capable. Um, I don't know. What did you watch? That, uh, I guess. That, yeah, I watched that. Uh, that was the only other... Well, uh, there's one other horror thing I'll get to. I watched the Barbie movie. It was good. Barbie's good. I really enjoyed Barbie a lot. I, it's funny that you mentioned it because I was thinking about Barbie when you were talking about elevator game and i was thinking about how you know there's a movie that you know on the surface should just be purely superficial and stupid but actually has some some chops there's like some real intelligence put into the screenplay um the script is funny and there's some there's a lot of inside jokes that were you know that i thought i appreciated and thought were actually fairly intelligent and that's an example of there's a movie that's made for the biggest possible audience i mean it's 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 up there with the bet, like the highest ranking films of all time. And it, and yet it still has like a little bit of a subversive edge to it. Um, more so because of the anti woke morons who can't understand it because they're Uh, stupid. But, but beyond that, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's got, it's, it's got some meat on its bones and this movie, she could have, if like, if she had approached this movie and said, I want to know, uh, urban legend teen movie, you know, but I, w- <laughs> I want to make it not a bucket of shit. And so you have all these stylistic elements from the nineties and, you know, like it, it's very much a throwback that the performances are really hammy and there's a lot of bad jokes and stuff. All the things that are in this movie, except underneath that is some sort of level of intelligence that propels this movie along. It's just not there. It, it, it doesn't have that. Yeah. And so it it isn't like a nod to shitty teen movies. It's just another shitty teen movie. Yeah. 
yeah, I kept I kept watching it and waiting for it to like get to something. Like I thought, oh, okay, well, this yeah. is obviously working towards something, right? Like there, there's, there's a, <laughs> there's something deeper hidden underneath here. And then they're like, oh, and here's the story of the actual woman that died in the elevator. And I was like, oh, okay, here it comes. This is gonna be a thing. It's it's gonna maybe it's gonna talk about the patriarchy too or something. But then no, it 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 just mm-hmm. it just didn't it. There was no ball for it to catch. It didn't drop the ball. There just was not anything there. Yeah, and spoiler alert, like at the end, the the whole idea that you can like get out of it because there's a whole process to follow and it occurs to them, oh, if we complete this process, we can get out of it. But no, they don't get out of it because she's just too pissed off to allow it to happen. It's like, what? Yeah. Wait a minute. What? What kind of? That makes no fucking sense. Yeah. That's so stupid. Yeah. So if if what you're interested in is just another entry into the uh, creepy pasta or grudge slash ring style of movie and not one that stands out, then definitely Elevator Game could be your, your shtick. Yeah. It's not particularly creepy. There's a little bit of creepiness in one part. Yeah. But for me, anyway. But the rest of it wasn't creepy. It wasn't funny. Uh, it just was rubbish. Yeah. Even the effects weren't particularly compelling. I mean, they did some good stuff in there, but it's not like it wasn't a payoff. It was just like, oh, well, that happened. Yeah. Uh, they need to do like the Evil Dead remake thing, where it's like you know, gory, just like ridiculously gory. Just do something to make it stand out in some way. You know. Yeah. It it felt like a movie just to make a movie. I don't know. I don't know. I looked at her at her Twitter and she like hasn't even been promoting the movie. Really? She hasn't been, yeah, she's she's been talking more about Glorious than this movie. So I don't know. I don't know if this was just like, hey, we have to put something out. I don't know, but wow. I, I I wanted to like it and and I just didn't. And so instead of watching and spending an hour talking about that movie, we're going to for our first new movie in October, we're gonna review Brian Duffield's No One Will Save You. That's the one on Have Hulu? you seen this already? The, the, yeah, it's the one on I Hulu. have not. I was planning on watching it today. Um all the horror, uh, not all the horror, but a bunch of horror authors. All <laughs> the horror. A bunch of horror authors that I follow on the on on the social meds are. Uh, God, I hate when yeah. people say that. Wow. I hate that. Um, no, smash that subscribe button. No, a bunch of the horror authors that I follow have been talking about that movie and and saying that it's really good. And I'm like, I I glossed right over it because I had seen the trailer and I'm like, oh, <laughs> home invasion aliens. But apparently, it's really good. I don't know. It, 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 I would say it's good. It does an interesting thing. There's no dialogue in the movie, so be be prepared for that. That's right. It has one line. Or it something. might have one line. I didn't hear it, or if I maybe I wasn't paying attention or something. But but yeah, it's it's interesting. It's not it's not like great, uh, but there are interesting elements of it. It's uh, yeah. It sounds like something that'll be fun to talk about. More fun than Elevator Game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I think we've we've already exhausted elevator game. <laughs> yeah, there's there's not much else to say about that. So 
So, yeah, so meet us here, back here, in two weeks uh, when we review No One Will Save You. Uh, Go out there and uh, don't try to set up a new patriarchy because it turns out it's not as good as horses. Mm -mm, It's not. And as always, uh, we're sorry that you all have to die.